So what are you making for Thanksgiving this year? So I am in this very weird stage of life. Actually, no, it's not a weird stage of life. I think it's because I live in the South Mm. where matriarchy is a thing. Oh, yeah, And I am 30, Mm -hmm. but I do not have children. Right. And while many of my friends are hosting or have hosted Thanksgiving dinners or have at least participated in hosting Thanksgiving dinners, I have not. Oh. Um, because every year we either go to my parents' house or Jordan's parents' house. Which makes sense. And I will often contribute if... So I will often contribute, meaning I will try my best to like make something at my parents' house that's a little easier, but Jordan's family lives five hours away. Right. So I have taken pie before, or I don't like pie, so I have made cheesecake before, Thanksgiving cheesecake. How do you draw a distinction between those things? Pie and cheesecake are so similar. Um, I do not love cooked fruit. But there are pies that are not cooked fruit. And those I can eat. They're not my favorite. Interesting. Like, I'll eat chess pie. It's basically sugar. Chess pie? What is that? Is that not a thing? Is that only a family thing? It might be. Oh, we'll ask Ashley. Her dad's the one that makes it. Chess pie. I'll eat his chess pie. Like chess, like the game. I assume like so. Like rooks and knights. Yeah, I assume so. We'll ask Ashley. Let's ask. I I could be totally wrong. I have it's no idea. It's just something I've never heard of. So, but I did like one of my friends was saying that she was hosting Thanksgiving this year, and there was a part of me that thought, when will I ever host Thanksgiving? I do it. You do it because you live far away from your family. I mean, and, and so you no farther with, than you live from Jordan's parents. But you are not married. That's true. And so you host with your friends, right? Right. Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving, which I have done before pre-Thanksgiving. So I do that. Like, I do that in my house, and I make... What do I make? I always make the sides. I still don't know what I'm going to make. Still? Yeah. You're getting close. I know. You got to get through prelims. I got two weeks. Yeah, you got to get through prelims. And after that, that'll be your big stress reliever. So this is releasing Thanksgiving Day. Yes. But we're recording it two weeks in the past. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. If you're driving or... I don't... I hate driving on Thanksgiving. Or maybe you're driving back. Okay. If you're driving... Whatever. Either way. However you're listening to us. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And if you're a You've Got Mail fan, happy Thanksgiving back. Welcome to episode 95 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I really, really love Thanksgiving. And I'm Annie Jones, the owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. It is my favorite holiday because it is the holiday about food. It is all about food, and I love Thanksgiving because I love to eat food. It's not about friends and family. It's not about coming together. It's not about unity or peace. It is about food and lots of it. Although, food does those things. Fine. (laughs) So, we talked, actually, probably the, well, it wasn't the first episode you and I ever recorded together. No, because that was about me. That's right, all about you. But one of the first episodes we we recorded together, and the only time you have ever cooked for me, Mm -hmm. is last year's thanksgiving episode. Was that what it was? I think we did try to do that around Thanksgiving. And we talked about cookbooks. Which means you haven't cooked for me in a year. Thanks. Well, so. you shouldn't live so far away. <laughs> yeah, that 45 minutes, real rough. So, we are going to talk about cookbooks. And it's a fun time to not only talk about them because we're using them in our kitchens for Thanksgiving, but also we've seen the release of some really beautiful ones recently. Really good ones recently. 
Um, um, so let's... Uh, yeah. Which do you like to use? Okay, so we have talked to customers about this. Cookbooks, I think, are getting more and more beautiful yeah. because they know, cookbook creators, publishers know, we're relying on Pinterest. I, for one, am not relying on Pinterest. I deleted my Pinterest because I cannot. But I honestly never even thought about recipes on Pinterest. Oh, really? Like, that's what most of my friends use. Um, so, I, full disclosure, no sponsorship at all, I have started using Blue Apron. And you roll your eyes at that, and that's fine. I didn't this time. You, you didn't, but you normally do. Yeah, <laughs> so I have feelings. You do have feelings, and I understand. I your feelings are valid. Chris. Well, thank you. That's all I ever want anyone to say. Um, but my cookbooks that I actually like and use are Jamie's Food Revolution because I went through a Jamie Oliver phase. In didn't the, we all? Oh God. <laughs> the only blonde I've ever loved. <laughs> um, does Harry, Prince Harry count? He's a redhead. Oh, he's a redhead. He's a ginger. Like, solidly redhead. And I love me some gingers. But See, that's where we can agree. <laughs> okay, so, um, Jamie Oliver, my early years of marriage were inspired by Julie and Julia, mm-hmm. and so I did a Julia and, Julie and Julia type project where I cooked my way through Jamie's food revolution. Okay. Um made some really great recipes and I think for beginner cooks that is an excellent cookbook um, I still use the Cant cookbook which mm-hmm. I mentioned several times on this podcast by Jessica Seinfeld yeah. um, Jen, um, Jerry Seinfeld's wife it to me again is a really great beginner cookbook teaches you some basic techniques but also the recipes are really good and doable I need recipes that aren't going to overwhelm me mm-hmm. um, and so those are two like oldies but goodies like they've been around for a long time but like those are my go-to those are my go-to's for just basic good e- I won't say easy but I'll say simple recipes so anyway those are my go-to's what about you and the, well I don't know I have a complicated relationship with cookbooks because I like them and I like reading them and I like looking at pictures of food Ooh, my stomach just growled because <laughs> it's time it's time, it for, is lunch. time for lunch um and I have some food that I made last night, which is, You're you know, excited. I'm very excited. Um, but I am not great at following recipes. I think it's because I'm a person who really does rely on intuition. I like to know the rules and then I want to do whatever feels right. And you are experienced enough in the kitchen where I feel like you can do that. Yeah. Um, because we recently, as a staff, made soup from a really beautiful cookbook called right. Soup Nights. Mm-hmm. And I think it was funny that, so we do this thing where each staff member cooks a soup, we share it with our community, basically they do a taste test for us, and vote for their favorites. And it ended in a five-way tie. Which, I, so many thoughts about that now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, one thing I thought was really cute and funny was the number of people who like brought you their recipe. Yeah, and were like, wanted Chris, to what did... it for them. Yeah, it was adorable, and I loved watching it. And I was guilty of doing it as well. Like you walked me through my recipe. Did you do this? What did you do? And then I felt so validated when you were like, Hey, good you made, instincts. You made good, good edits to that recipe. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Chris just complimented me. <laughs> what? Um, we, there's a side note that we will edit out, but this week was very funny because I had two or three different staff members who like 
felt validated because you complimented them because we all agreed that Chris doesn't give compliments loosely. And I so, don't. I really don't. So we don't. know what he does. <laughs> it's like legit. Like, you know you can take that to the bank. Let's not edit that out. That's true. <laughs> That's true, and people should know that. <laughs> that is true. Okay, so, so you your relationship with cookbooks is different from somebody like me. It is. Who needs, I need a recipe. And it's always like the measurements of, reci- of like ingredients that I'm, especially salt, I, mm-hmm. I often disagree with. They're like, teaspoon of salt, and I'm like, oh, three or four. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Um, it, I, my palate might be off. I don't know if these books are just designed for a, a specific kind of person who, who tastes food. I'm not sure, but I find that um, measures of, of spices especially are, are usually off yeah. in cookbooks. But that's not objective. That's my taste. Yeah. Um, but I do really like cookbooks, and I have several... Um, that I have made some really good recipes from. So which cookbooks do you... Because I'm with you where, like, there are cookbooks that I actually just like to therapeutically flip through. Yeah. Like Ruth Reichel. Um, they're just not only beautiful, but, like, they're comforting. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between that and, like, a cookbook that you actually use. So those are the two cookbooks I actually use. What, do you, what cookbooks do you use? Um, so one that I used... This time last year when we were recording that podcast was the Southern Gentleman's Cookbook. And I don't remember who the authors are. We can put that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, It was a very good cookbook Mm -hmm. that I was skeptical about. Because of the title. Because of the title. But I flipped through. The recipes were very good. I made them for you. Mm -hmm. You also liked them. I did. Clean my plate. Um, It was a... (laughs) Actually, you did not quite. I I distinctly remember this. But I made a lot of food. (laughs) You did make a lot of food. I can only pack away so much. I can pack away more than you think, folks. It was like um, carrots cooked in bourbon. Those were good. They were very, very good. Um, brown sugar and bourbon carrots, very good. I would add a little cayenne or something to them next time to give them something to so cut the sweetness. So sweet. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I what else did I make from that? I Whatever made a, the a meat mac and was, cheese, was good. and I don't remember what the meat was. Was it a pork chop? Maybe the meat was good, and the mac and cheese. I think I took home I, the mac and cheese. <laughs> Has has become my go-to mac and cheese recipe. Really? It was pimento mac and cheese that was so good. with Greek yogurt. Yep. Um, changed my whole outlook on mac and cheese, and I love mac and How cheese. How doable is that recipe? Really doable. Does it... Okay. I'm basically planning my Thanksgiving while you're sitting here. It's a very good and easy recipe. I'm just wondering, is that something I can make and take? T- I do not like cooking in my mother-in-law's kitchen. Um, you could... Two, five hours. You could make it. Mm-hmm cover it, mm-hmm. keep it probably in a cooler, mm-hmm. and then bake it when you're there. Okay, we'll talk about this We after. can talk about that, but yeah, <laughs> good recipe, I highly recommend it. Um, we should restock that, by the way. We should, we'll restock it, and we'll put it on our store website as well. Absolutely. Um, another one that I, that I have gone to recently, a brand new book, I had the advanced copy, was Anthony Bourdain's new book, Appetites. Okay, just um, sold one of those this week. Right. Did I not make that for you or did I make that for myself? You made it for yourself. Let's oh, be clear. Okay. Did I not share that at all? No. I mean, two weeks ago I made the Macau style pork chop. Right, this is what you do. You but make like, yourself things mm. and then bring them for lunch and then I smell them because the microwave is in my office and you cook yourself lunch and I never have anything. And you know my relationship with food and cooking and you still don't help me. But even months ago when I first took home the advanced copy I didn't share that? No. Oh, okay. Because I made a a very complicated lasagna from that that I honestly thought was just okay. Mm-hmm. It was like an actual ordeal. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of very specific and strange ingredients. Um, it was a lot of 
actual time spent at the stove standing and not a lot of waiting time, although there was a lot of that too. And it was good. Like, it was perfectly good. And I liked it a lot. But, but for how complicated but it was. But not much more than I like just a regular lasagna. Right. Because it was three different meats, um, two different sauces. Thanks for sharing that. Um, really cool and really good. <laughs> Man, I should have shared that because I had so much and I had to eat the you entire were one person, tray. And I'm always shocked that you come with food for lunch. I'm like, surely he has extra at home. Yeah, but here's the thing. I want to eat it. Because I'm one person, which means I pay all of my own bills, which means I need all of my leftovers to justify the amount that I spend on groceries every week. Many times I would pay you to bring me lunch. I have said this many times. Never took it seriously. You didn't, and I am a serious person, so I don't know what made you think I was joking. Okay, moving on. You've mentioned Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. What's another one? There's some staples, right? Like The Joy of Cooking, I think, is a really good cookbook. Um... But in a different vein than the ones we've been talking about, I think. It's it's older, although it's updated regularly. I look at it more as a collection of recipes than a cookbook, which I know that's a really subtle distinction because that's what cookbooks really are, but it's not, like, slow and filled with pictures. Like, it's right. just, like, six recipes per page. Yeah, it's super like, intimidating to somebody like me. It's huge, and what I like about it is you can search by ingredient. Okay. Um, so if you have... Like, for instance, this happened to me a couple years ago. I bought a bunch of tomatillos at Publix for whatever reason. I had never cooked with tomatillos before, and I was like, what do I do with these? And I opened the Joy of Cooking, turned to the index, went to tomatillos, and it was like, uh, salsa verde. And I was like, oh, perfect. That's exactly what I want. And I made it, and now that's a recipe that I have in my head that I can make that I got from that book. So Joy of Cooking is really good for searching by ingredients. There are also great websites that do that that I do really like. Mm -hmm. Um but none of which I can remember right now. No, but I get that. And that I would think, yeah, for somebody like you who cooks based on what ingredients you have, right. whereas somebody like me who goes and buys ingredients based on what recipes I want to right. cook. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's... I, it, I, I, I cook in the French style in that way. Yeah. Not that I am French trained or anything or do French techniques because I don't, but the idea is just I buy things at the store. Right. And then later I'm like, okay, what do I have? What can I make? Exactly. I rarely buy things specifically to make something. Let's talk about Ina Garten's new cookbook. Brand new, called Cooking for Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, came out... Maybe three weeks ago? Three weeks ago, so oh. in the future on Thanksgiving, <laughs> five weeks ago. Yeah. Um, end of October, I want to say. Um, I like Ina Garten a lot. Um, the Barefoot Contessa, the TV show... Um, really was instrumental in getting me into cooking and food as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, I find her so interesting because she's not interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, t- I don't exactly know how that works, um, but 30 Rock, I think, summed it up pretty well <laughs> in a season-long arc. Um, but her brand-new cookbook is all about um, her relationship with her husband, Jeffrey. It starts with pictures of their wedding day Aww. as a nice little essay about how they met and how he's been instrumental in her her drastic shift in career because yeah. she was she worked for the Department of Defense. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. She's an incredible woman. But one of the problems I've had with Ina is that I often don't like her food. Oh, interesting. Um, it's I don't I don't really know how to say this, but it's like Northeast party food. 
Okay. So it's a lot of like chicken salad. Okay. Um, yes. With a lot of mayonnaise, which I just don't like. No, you're right because the for a while my go-to summertime recipe was this summer shrimp salad she has with right. orzo, and it's delicious. Right. But that's a lot of her recipes. And it's a lot of these cold recipes that I don't. Yeah, I and don't if you like watch that. her show, that seems to be a lot of her life. Is which like, makes sense yeah. because I mean the Barefoot Contessa was a specialty food store in the Hamptons that she like that's their specialty. It's what they do. Right. They make that cold food. Interesting. Um, but cooking for Jeffrey is different, and I think it's because Jeffrey Garten, her husband, also doesn't love that kind of food. Okay. So cooking for Jeffrey has a lot of recipes that look really good to me. It starts with cocktails, then it moves into salads, and then into all the different courses that I think are a collection of some of his favorite recipes. We know that he loves chicken, and then Ina makes chicken for him every Friday. Mm -hmm. um, this is their <laughs> tradition, but I love it because sometimes you just watch Bear for Contessa and she's just like, it's Friday, so I'm making chicken for Jeffrey. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, I know what kind of chicken you making, girl. I, lo I love her voice so much. <laughs> it's so good <laughs> like, because it's so, like, low affect. It's so deep, and I love it. And it's just... <laughs> My friends are coming over, and one of them is a florist, and he's going to be bringing three vases of these specialty sweet pea. <laughs> like, like <laughs> what weird, a life! Weird things. Oh, to be Ina Garden. So, um, but cooking for Jeffrey, we have. It's been very popular. I was so about far. to say we have sold so many copies of that yeah, cookbook. Yeah, we've and, restocked twice, I think. Yeah, and I think I'm going to put a link in the show notes to this really great Atlantic article. Oh yeah, that kind of reviewed the cookbook, but was also just about Jeffrey and Ina and their relationship. They're such interesting people, and it was fascinating. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. The bookshelf recently hosted like a dinner party. Yeah. So we hosted our first ever pin to plate dinner. I'm still sad that I did not get to go. Um, it is probably one of my favorite things we've done at the store. It's been a long dream of mine to have a dinner party inside the store. And it only recently occurred to me that just because I don't have the same types of friendships I used to have where we would have dinner parties together, I do have a bookstore and I do have customers. And so we decided to host a dinner party in our bookstore using the Forest Feast Gatherings cookbook. Um, the Forest Feast is a vegetarian cookbook mm -hmm. that was really popular here because a couple of our customers loved it and therefore then told their friends they loved it. Mm -hmm. And so we sold several copies. And the recipes, while vegetarian, and I normally, for better or worse, or, you know, realistically or not, I associate vegetarian recipes with um, a higher difficulty level. And these are not. These no, are super doable. And... The Forest Feast Gatherings was more specifically for hosting parties or events, um, bigger bigger crowds, I guess. And we recruited a local caterer and chef to come cook meal, oh, cook recipes from the cookbook. And he had a blast um, and was able to talk to our customers about kind of adjusting recipes when necessary. The fudge recipe, I don't even like fudge. This fudge man was a game changer <gasps> maybe i'll make fudge for thanksgiving you can that i could take yeah i just want to show that people in my life that i can do things yeah i can hold a baby okay so <laughs> so um clearly thanksgiving has personal things for me um but forest feast gatherings Soup Nights was another bookstore favorite. Uh -huh. And then I did just want to reference, because you were talking about Ina Garten, I did see on our shelves the new um, dessert cookbook by Mary Berry from the Great British Baking oh, Show. Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. I love her. I've never watched that. I know. I still think you would like it. I think I probably would. I'm just not really into baking. I know you're not into baking, but I think you'd love the show. But I watched a lot of Iron Chef this week. So maybe... <laughs> 
I don't know. I think it's cozy. It might be time for you to try this baking show. Okay, but her new cookbook looks really fun, and I love her, and so we've stocked that as well. So that would be another fun holiday. Yeah. Holiday one, because I feel like holidays are all about baked goods, whether or not you love baking normally or not. Um, and if there's one more, you did mention a Julie and Julia phase for you. I did. Um, which is all about Julia Child's classic Mastering the Art of French Cooking. And I have tried. Tried to master the art of French cooking? Well, no, I've not tried to master the art of French cooking. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had the time and energy to actually do a Julie and Julia kind of thing with that. I think it would be fun. But I've made some recipes from that book. Okay. That I did not care for. And I think part of that is we're living in a different world. Mm-hmm. And food is different. Mm-hmm. Like, substantially, it is just a different thing than it was when Julia Child wrote that book. So when she, for instance, okay, so soup nights, a couple weeks ago I made the French onion soup, and the introduction to that soup claims that it's based in part on Julia Child's. And so I looked at that recipe next to Julia Child's recipe, and they were pretty dissimilar. Yeah. They didn't have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. I mean, basic ingredients, yeah, but the proportions were completely different. The Soup Nights version used three times the amount of onions Mm -hmm. that Julia Child's did, which didn't make a ton of sense to me, but I followed it, and I think they made the right call. Yeah. I don't know if that's because onions taste different now. Right. I think that's probably true, Mm -hmm. that onions don't taste as oniony as they did 50 years ago. More than that, right? When did that book come out? 40s? I don't know. 50s? I want to say 50s. 50s. Okay. Um, I made... (laughs) The first thing I ever made from that book was a garlic soup, which... I don't know why that sounded good to me at the time. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, I love garlic, but... It was honestly just boiled garlic in water. Well, I guess it'll cure what ails you. Like a... <laughs> There's a pot of water that you put, like, 18 cloves of garlic in and just boiled it. Oh, my gosh. Um, with some salt. And I was like, yeah, I mean, Julia Child, I'm sure that's going to be good. And my roommate at the time, we we tried it. We both love garlic and soup and Julia Child. It was not good. It was not great. And it was such a terrible, unappetizing color, too. Well, garlic this, soup, yeah. It was this dingy brown. Yeah, I awful. cannot imagine it looking great. Um, so my copy of Mastering the Art of French Cooking has a lot of annotations in it. It has star rankings of the things that I liked. Um, you know, one to five stars. It also has some, like, did not like and here is why. If you can figure out how to fix this, right. please do so. Just for your future children? Or... For anybody who's going to pick up this book at some point in the future. I love, I do write in my cookbooks, but I'm very different from you. I write um, when I, like, what I made it for. Mm. So, like, I made this for soup night or I made this for Jordan's birthday or, and then I'll write if I liked it or didn't. Um, my dad... You and my dad would get along so well. Like, my dad loves to cook, Mm -hmm. and he loves annotating his cookbooks. Mm -hmm. And then he has compiled, like, his favorite recipes into his own binders that he also annotates. I really want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And so so I'm just sitting here listening to you and your five stars, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, Chris Butterworth would be having a blast right now. (laughs) (laughs) The Chris's. The Chris's. I did, like, because I take the um, America's Test Kitchen home. Um, when we're done with it, when it, when it goes to the recycling, when it goes to the recycling bin, I take those home. And a few weeks ago, I took all the recipes that I might someday actually make from those and put them in a binder, mm-hmm. just ripped them all out of, yeah. out of the magazine. Cause there are some of them that I'm, I know I'm never going to cook. That's right. Um, 
just because they're not appetizing to me, but I have them separated by what they are, by course, by <laughs> ingredients. I'm excited to start on those eventually. So do you know, you don't know what you're making for Thanksgiving yet? I don't. Are you doing it potluck style or are you making it all? It's going to be at least partially potluck style, but I also don't know how many people are coming over. I really only have room for three guests in my right. apartment. I have a small table with four chairs. Um, and I know there's a not a competing gathering because it's not a competition, but there's another one yeah. with people who can fit more. Right. And I don't know who's going to go to what. Okay. So we'll figure that out. I will make things based on who is coming. Well, the bookshelf Christmas party is coming up in uh -huh. December, and you are always welcome to cook for that. Yep. <laughs> and I, it sounds Kinda, like... It's difficult to bring hot dishes 45 minutes north. How do you feel about baking, cooking in other people's kitchens? Fine. You do? That I genuinely have a question about that, because, I mean, I think mother-in-law, that's a whole other ball of wax. But I think it's, cooking in other people's kitchens can be hard. Cooking in other people's kitchens is fine if you bring some of your own things. Okay. So I would bring a knife. Okay. And I'm sure you have nice knives, but I'm just used to my knife. Right. Um, I would probably bring, it depends on, depends on what I make, but I would bring probably a couple pans. I have a slotted spoon. And I don't have a slotted spoon. <laughs> a great shame. I have a couple great shames in life. That's like number three. No slotted spoon. Not owning a slotted spoon. Well, I think we've about done all we can do with cookbooks for now you've already hopefully by the time you're listening to this you've already had a delicious meal but if you've got more meals in your future specifically holiday gatherings and things like that we're going to put a list of these cookbooks we've mentioned in the show notes we'll put several of them on our store website so if you'd like to buy from us um, and shop small this season you can do that um, you can find, as usual, full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes or on our store website. That's www.bookshelfthomasville.com. And hey, if you have a recipe that just doesn't feel right and you don't know why, feel free to email me, um, inventory at bookshelfthomasville.com. And, you know, until then, see what we're up to behind the scenes on Twitter and Instagram at bookshelftivo. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week.